Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. One of my favorite principles in giving feedback effectively, which is aligning the feedback to that person's vision. So when you say it's for them, that it's that same idea, right? It's oftentimes when we're giving feedback, what we're actually doing is sharing our opinion and calling it feedback. (laughs) I just don't like the way this person is doing that thing. I wish that they would stop. That's great. And that's a good place to start. But often the next step to that, that is missed, which is like, wow, I wonder what their vision is or what they want. Hello, my name is David Miller. I'm the Chief People and Product Officer at Novus Global, and welcome to this episode of On Coaching. I've got a question for you as we dive in. Have you ever received a piece of feedback and you felt like that person was trying to fight you? I know I have. I remember there being times that I avoided feedback at all costs because I was so committed to the person that I wanted to be or thought that I was that I didn't want anyone to spoil that idea for me. I remember joining Novus Global and and this is a culture that loves and seeks feedback. And I remember hiding, hoping that no one would find me to give me that piece of feedback. And I and, and specifically recall a time that, uh, that one of our partner coaches did. And I got to tell you, I was ready for a fight because I thought that's what they were coming in with. Here's the thing. Feedback is meant to be a gift with just a, a little bit of a mind shift, understanding that that feedback is an opportunity for you to move toward your vision for yourself, to become that best version of who you are. In this episode, I join coaches and partners, Janet Breitenbach and David Gerber, as well as Joseph Thompson, the director of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, to discuss our thoughts and some of our best practices when it comes to feedback. Spoiler alert, we love it. Now, let's get into the episode. Hi, my name is Johan Martinez-Kalilian, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. Before getting into coaching, I was already a successful motivational speaker and author. But then I wondered, what would it look like to add another layer to my work? What if I added executive coaching to my tool belt? I chose the Meta Performance Institute program because I had a vision for increasing my impact in the world and adding another income stream to my business. Becoming a Novus Global Coach was the perfect complement to my work. I was able to create nine clients in my first three months of coaching and scaled my business into a six-figure practice in 18 months. If you're looking to become a coach or set up your coaching practice to the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. To fill out a free assessment on your abilities as a coach and connect with someone who can help you find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute.com now. All right, so let's just jump right in. So we're going to talk about what we mean when we talk about feedback. I think back to when I was pretty bad at receiving feedback, which I think if I, I think back like 10 or 12 years, I was definitely bad back then. I've probably been bad in the last decade. I would hope I've grown some. And but I do remember times 10, 12 years ago, maybe even a little bit more where I wasn't, I would say living my life's mission. And I knew I wasn't performing well. And so I was terrified of feedback. Feedback was confirming what I already knew. And that was that I wasn't showing up 
as well as I powerfully could in my life, which is a whole different kind of season of life for me. There was a season I went through like that where I just didn't have that. And then I think about now where I feel like I am very connected to my mission, my vision and keep developing it. And now I find feedback is actually really fascinating to me. I love like for me, I'm always on the hunt for a piece of feedback that I haven't heard from somebody before because it's like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Let me go away with it and be like, how can this help me live my vision and purpose even more? Hmm. When we think about receiving, I think one of the biggest things is, is your vision and mission, you know, really what you think it is? Because if it is, you know, expansive and if it's exciting for you, then to me, you would necessarily would want feedback. You'd want people to tell you, if there's anything that might be slowing you down, if you have any blind spots, it would actually excite you because it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually a gift here that somebody's willing to give me and take a risk with me. And then I find even beyond that, I find that when somebody gives me powerful feedback, stuff that stings sometimes or even hurts my feelings at the moment, it builds us tremendous loyalty. And even if I could speak to this, Janet and I actually had a conversation last night where we were digging into some feedback and giving and receiving both and some of it stung. And I was like, ooh, Okay. But then after the call, I felt this immediate, and I hope Janet felt the same, but I felt this actual like loyalty to her. And that's happened to me a number of times in the last few years of people in the firm when we actually really kind of come out from behind whatever fears we have and just give feedback, receive it, invite it in. I find that it builds this loyalty and this love because I'm like, I trust that this person would tell me something if they had something to say to me. And there is something about that. When you trust that somebody would say something to you that they have to say that might be slowing you down from your vision, man, that matters. That really, really matters Mm -hmm. to me. Anything else to add to that? Yeah. If, you know, right now you're listening to this and maybe you feel like a little bit dissatisfied with your relationships or the people that you're surrounded with, Sometimes I find if there's a missing depth or level of fulfillment, it's usually that there's some trust missing or there's not those exchanges happening. I remember for the longest time, I think all of my 20s, I felt dissatisfied with the relationships I was having. And one of the reasons that opened my eyes was I wasn't one, I wasn't being vulnerable in those conversations. And so we never really hit past a certain level of surface level friendship. So, so there's that. I know that there's, if you're wanting deeper connections, part of that is being willing to have those conversations. And then when it comes to work and when it comes to your vision, and when we talk about vision, I talk about a goal, a dream, something that you're going after. I find that when I'm hesitant or resistant to feedback, it's usually because I haven't connected it to a vision yet. Mm. Because usually when I'm clear and specific and man, I really want to achieve this thing or become this person, then it's a lot easier for me to look for those gaps because gosh, I sure want to make sure I hit that vision. And then I need that feedback and I want it. So those are some gauges. If you're thinking to yourself, well, how do I get past this? Or I don't really feel compelled or willing to seek feedback. That could be a clue or breadcrumb to lacking a compelling vision or dream or goal in life that would invite that. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. Gerber, you, actually, you said something that I, I want to poke at for a second and try and figure out where this all fits because you know I love where you're like, I'm looking for a piece of feedback that I've never received before. And I think that's, I think that's interesting. And I also think that's kind of novel. 
you know, there's something that's kind of, that's a little bit novel around that as coaches, we're like professional question askers. So I'm always on the lookout for a question that I've never heard or, you know, and so there's something really beautiful about the way you said it, but I'm thinking about the average person receiving feedback. And I know like thoughts that I'll often give is where are you receiving the same feedback or similar feedback over and over again? Because, because again, I, I don't want anyone to hear Let's give feedback, I mean, you know, any feedback that you receive yeah. is law or is right. even true. It is simply, again, a piece of data. But as an individual who has a vision to continue to improve and move myself forward, I'm constantly on the lookout for where does this feedback keep coming up in my leadership, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my friendships. And as, if it keeps coming up, that's something to kind of key in on. Whether I agree with it, that's where my agreement starts to, um, I have to really check myself more because it's like, I don't agree, but I'm hearing it from multiple <laughs> sources. And now I, sh- now I really am looking at myself right in the mirror. I'm looking at myself from different angles yeah. because I think that what oftentimes yeah. we want to do when we get feedback that we disagree with or we don't want to be true, we go yes. to seek out friendships or people that will devalue or invalidate yeah. that feedback. And so it's like, hey, I just received feedback that I'm arrogant. You don't right. believe that's yep. true, right? And we're going to people that are going to kind of, you know, like like they're meant to be the nice person for us. And that idea of when you receive feedback, I love that you didn't give feedback, <laughs> right? You know, that you didn't go, well, let me tell you. And so, and, you know, because that is that it. That is a common refrain. Oh, you have feedback for me? Well, I have some for you. And so I think that to have, take it, to sit in it, to explore it on your own, and then to go to truly trusted friends who will tell you the truth, like the other side of it, what a feedback loop where we're only hearing what we want to hear and we're only surrounding us with people who will tell us what we want to hear. And I think that's a really big piece of it. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like, I I had this image of like high powered telescopes, right? Which are refined to pick up data. And this is what we're talking about, right? And there there are a couple of ways actually to go and get data. One is just like create really advanced sensors to pick it up, right? And so that's part of what it is to train yourself to be a great receiver of feedback or an advanced receiver of feedback to pick up sensors. And then the other is to like send out signals and see what comes back, yeah. right? And so like that's going to look for it. And then I loved like David or Gerber, you, when you talked about like going to trusted friends, that's like interpreting the data, right? It's just like, and you're not going to go, if you're a scientist looking at a telescope, you're not going to go to like yeah. someone who doesn't know how to read the data, right? And you're not going to be like, hey, what does this say? Uh, you're going to go to like other trusted advisors, trusted scientists, people who can, who know how to read you. Yeah. Right. And then they can help you interpret what you're seeing and what you're picking up. And then also it's like kind of only pay attention to the data when there's patterns. And that's that that's a that's tricky because like one of the things we talk about in receiving feedback is like leveraging the tiniest mm-hmm. percent that it could be true. Right. So maybe it is a, a, maybe it is an outlier. Maybe you don't have that dominant pattern of behavior or dominant pattern of occurrence. But what if it were 1% true and it was getting in your way? Wouldn't you like to know? That's like that next level of being a great receiver of feedback. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Joseph, because what I was thinking of is in our trainings, we talk a lot about the ways in which we invalidate feedback. So as much as you know, we can go to some trusted friends, and that goes in quotes because we could really parse 
apart the word trust, but mm-hmm. like, what are the ways in which we often invalidate feedback? And because our minds are pretty good at conning ourselves when we want to feel good. <laughs> so if, you know, David gives me feedback and I want to invalidate it, you know, sometimes it's, well, he doesn't know, or they don't know, or I know better, <laughs> you know, they don't see me every single day. We counter this with our clients all the time, especially on teams. They don't know my role. Well, they don't care about me. That's a big one. Because they don't care about Mm -hmm. me, the feedback is invalid. And when it comes to, again, grounding into this idea of if you're after a big vision, becoming masterful at receiving feedback, part of that looks like paying attention to the ways in which we often invalidate feedback that could be very useful. So paying attention to the ways in which I discount certain things because, well, that came from this person and I don't trust them, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're looking to become better at receiving feedback, I think the first thing you need to do is write down all of the internal conversations that you often have around ways in which you invalidate feedback given to you. So I want to pivot now to to what it's like to give feedback and all the different Mm -hmm. things we've seen in our coaching and our trainings and what's working well, what's not working well. You know, I'm thinking about stories about how often clients avoid giving feedback and what are all the costs of avoiding giving feedback and things like that. So, you know, Joseph, I'd love to start with you. What are you seeing in terms of, obviously you're the director of our institute. So what are you, what are you noticing there as well as with clients around giving ways people relate to even giving feedback as well? So I'll just kind of leave it general for you, but dive in with us on the giving feedback side. The place I want to to highlight is how important it is to ask for permission to give feedback. Mm. Like as this is just a practice that happens a lot. We are a culture of feedback at Nova School and at the Institute. And like, even in our training rooms where we train coaches, we want to come hard at you for the sake of your vision. And just so you know, we're still going to ask, right? You're going to forget from the start of the day to like three hours later that you had give, given that implicit permission. And so it's a really powerful way to like, to create a partnership around the, the what's about to happen and just not like jump in and be like, yeah, you sucked, right? It'd be like, hey, can I give you some feedback? It's There's a two-way street of preparation for them to receive it and for you to check your posture of giving it as well. And so like that permission piece is really powerful. And and what's fun about it is that most people, when they give their permission, they, there's a little bit of them that regrets it once they get, they're like, yeah. And then they get it and they're like, ah, (laughs) I think I might not have been ready. And that's always fun. But like, then they get to sit with their ownership of, no, 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 I did say I wanted this. I did say that, that I was up for this and I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. Joseph, what's the study that you introduced us to around giving feedback? Oh man, I love this story so much. So there was a recent study done by Harvard researchers. The setup was really simple. And it was that like somebody was out on a quad or in the street and they had a paper and pen and it was like they were taking names for a petition. But then the person that was really just making tally marks and that person had either like lipstick smudged or like (laughs) chocolate on their face. And and what they were doing is saying who mentioned it. And so out of 155 people, only four people mentioned what was on their face. That's 2.6%. Wow. 
And so I think <laughs> they are, we're taking away from that is like, wow, we would love to think that we would be the person to like, yeah, I'll look out for a brother or a sister. I'll let you know. Right. <laughs> but the, our default setting is actually, we're going to avoid that. I mean, like all the reasons we would default and, uh, and like downplay and get rid of the feedback. Right. So like, ah, oh, somebody else, the next person will do it. Right. Or, oh, they might be embarrassed. Right. Like yeah. so many stories are going to dominate our, the gift, the giving of feedback. Yeah. Well, and Joseph, that that's like the other side of the coin of what we talked about with receiving. So it's like, there's lots of ways in which we invalidate ourselves subconsciously often yeah. from giving feedback. Like you said, Likely, if I was one of those people on the street who didn't say anything, I can imagine uh, some of that might be, oh, maybe they want that there <laughs> or maybe the next maybe uh, intentional choice. Yeah. Or, you know, it'll embarrass them. And, <laughs> you know, we're all strangers, so it doesn't matter anyway. We'll never see them again. Right. There's so many ways often in which we invalidate a reason to give feedback in companies. We see this a lot. For almost the same reasons that people invalidate receiving feedback well. Um, so maybe it's it, someone says, well, I don't know they're, what they're going through right now, or they seem really busy or stressed out, so I'm not going to give yep. them that feedback right now. That's a big one yeah. that I hear. Or oftentimes it's even just yeah. the, I'm going to pretend not to notice. Yes. Because it would widen the bounds of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'd like, I want to well, keep this nice and tight yeah. right here. This is just me talking to a stranger. Mm -hmm. Well, and on a team, there's a cost to that mm. because like, as we've seen, likely in our personal lives and then in the teams that we've been in and coached, those that feedback bubbles up mm. until it spills out. And so if there's someone on, on, on your team and you are consistently underwhelmed by their performance and you're just figuring, ah, no big deal. Like, well, they'll probably figure out what, where they can go from here and what the next, someone will let them know that we talk about them in the <laughs> copy room. Someone will figure this out with them and for them. And then all of a sudden, maybe you've had this, ex this experience where they drop that ball that one last time and you kind of just unload on them mm. all the things you've been holding back. That is relationally damaging. Right. So we would. And then what I've had with clients is they'll go, I was just giving them feedback like you told me. And I was like, well, wait, not really. Right. You were actually withholding feedback until you couldn't help but throw the feedback in their face. And there's a difference here of intentionally like we talk about the muscle of feedback in receiving the muscle of feedback in giving is that the moment that I have it, the, I'm looking for an opportunity to offer this gift of feedback so that they can accomplish the things that, that are in their vision so that the conversations that are happening around the copier start to die down so that my internal judgments of them don't spill over until they explode in that person's face rather than having a really civil and beautiful conversation where I go, can I have permission to give you mm -hmm. feedback? And in that moment, we're having a dialogue that is for their benefit not to get something off my chest. Yeah. I think that's huge. I also want to repeat that in terms of, in some ways, I hear what you're saying, Dave, and tell me if I'm off on this, but it's when I'm giving feedback, it's good to get into a posture of, have I connected with myself? Am I just doing this out of anger and frustration? Or have I mm -hmm. stopped for a second or even a day or two and calm myself down to where I can get to, 
okay, I'm actually wanting to give this as a gift to them, not just out of my annoyance or frustration. Have you signed up to be part of the Beyond High Performance Network? Membership is free and grants you early access to chapters from our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better, which comes out this summer. As a member of our exclusive community, you'll also receive an invitation to a monthly webinar where you'll get practical leadership tips and tools from our executive coaches at Novus Global and their elite clients. Join us each month for an in-depth conversation as we pull back the curtain on our coaching practices and share what we're learning about how the best get better. You can discover more when you sign up at novus.global forward slash book to begin receiving these helpful resources today. Yeah, it is for them, not for me. And I, there is a, there's some leadership principles. There's some coaching principles in that where it's, you know, Hey, if you can't put yourself in that person's shoes, you know, maybe you're not ready to have that conversation. And there's something really beautiful. Feedback can be beautiful, even when it's difficult to say or difficult to hear when it truly is for their benefit. When I'm working with a client, I'll ask them sometimes, Hey, you have feedback for that person. Is that feedback truly for them? Or are you just frustrated yeah. with them right now? The way they answer that question will help as we put together a timeline and maybe even the amount of times you should practice what you're going to say before you say it in front of them. Or Because again, that matters so much in the way that you deliver it, that posture of this yeah. is for you. And I want, I, you got something in your teeth and I don't think you noticed because if you did, you would shift things. And I think that's where the gift is. You know, Janet, you have a story that I love and I've asked you to tell it a bunch, but there's this, you know, a story with like the, oh, the yeah, sleeves. Yeah. And I think this is a great place with so the difference of there's a frustration and then into a, this is like a gift for their benefit. Yeah. Well, you highlighted, David, one of my favorite principles in giving feedback effectively, which is aligning the feedback to that person's vision. So when you say it's for them, that it's that same idea, right? It's oftentimes when we're Mm. giving feedback, what we're actually doing is sharing our opinion and calling it feedback. (laughs) I just don't like the way this person is doing that thing. I wish that they would stop. That's great. And that's a good place to start. But often the next step to that is missed, which is like, wow, I wonder what their vision is or what they want. Because if I'm giving you there's two Davids on this call. So I'm like, if I'm giving the Davids and it's just my opinion, you're less likely. I mean, it might be helpful and I might get somewhere in the ballpark of your vision, but you're more likely right. to see the connection, be able to actually make changes or shifts from it and be excited about hearing it and ask for more details if that happens. So I had a client who was leading a pretty large team. And they were struggling to give feedback to one of their direct reports. And she came to the call kind of frustrated because, man, Janet, I keep giving this person this feedback and I'm not seeing any change, which, by the way, is a very common challenge that we encounter. Like, Janet, I'm giving the feedback. They're not changing. So I asked for more details around it. I said, I, I told this individual, like, hey, I would love for you to start acting a bit more professional. So there's actually, (laughs) this feedback covers a couple of our principles. So one, it's very vague. So one of the things we like to help people is to learn how to get more specific. I'm not saying every time you give feedback, it has to be specific. But if you have specifics, it really helps because when you tell someone, for instance, I'd like you to be more assertive, that could 
that other individual could have 20 different interpretations of what it means to be assertive. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And you're wait Not that assertive. <laughs> and you're wasting all this time playing a guessing game, right? And then I then yeah. it's more likely to land as a holistic label on who they are rather than, hey, in these moments, this is happening. So and with this particular individual, she said, hey, I'd love for you to start acting more professional. So she went, she tried to guess what that meant. She was, <laughs> you know, trying to upgrade her emails, you know, her her dress, like what she was wearing. Was it in her voice, her cadence? And so I said, hey, can you give me more specifics? And do you know what their vision is around that you can connect it to? So she went, she actually did some work on what is this person's vision? She said, well, she'd love to be promoted. This is the role that she wants. Great. And what specifically are you seeing that might be coming off as unprofessional? She said, well, oftentimes on Zoom meetings, she'll be wearing long sleeves and she'll be pulling them past, playing with her sleeves a little bit, pulling them past her wrists all the way to the edge of her fingers. And so it just makes her come across a little bit like a teenager. So I said, great, you have the specifics. You have a vision. Now I want you to align it to her vision and connect that as a way to help her develop an executive presence that will support her in her vision. And this person was so happy with this feedback because it was an immediate change that she could make. It was like, not a problem. She's like, yep, I can change that. Thank you. I'm so grateful for that. It was night and day, the response that they had once they had specifics and once it was aligned to the vision. So If you're frustrated that your feedback is not landing, usually it's not aligned to the vision and it could be pretty vague. I love the align to the vision piece so much because it also aligns to one of our core values, which is like love, caring for a person to win. You want them to win. And I think it's something my coach right now, Jean Marie, says, if you don't experience love for the person that you want to give feedback to, like shut up until you do. Mm. Right. Mm. And I love that piece is like until. I would celebrate that they would have grown out of this thing that I'm bothered. I want them to change or whatever. Like until I'm celebrating that it gets them to the, where they want to go, I need to check my posture. And, and so that's, I would invite the people that are listening is like, pay attention to your posture about, you're probably thinking about, oh, great. I'm going to like go and give some feedback and like, <laughs> which is wonderful because they're probably, that's the other piece is like, there are a lot of, conversations we're not having that are leaving tons of value on the table. So so that's a good thing to get curious about yourself. If you're listening, it's like, hmm, what conversations am I avoiding? And then what does it look like? Or what does it feel like? Or can I actually want this person to to be thankful for getting this feedback because it helps them win? Yeah. Right. And look for that posture in yourself. Curious about how this digital room will respond to this. I If I put some weight on the bar when it comes to becoming just an exceptional giver of Mm -hmm. feedback, I make up that if you are a leader of a team, leader of an individual, that this is a part of your job description, Mm -hmm. that becoming a professional at giving feedback. And again, think of what it is. It's not just giving your opinion. This is not just telling people what to do, but being able to align to the, you know, it causes you to slow down, to know your team, to align to their vision, to be grounded in what your outcomes that you're looking for, and to truly be able to give solid feedback to your team is something that is a non-negotiable to be a world-class leader. What do you hear in that? And where would you push? I would say it's non-negotiable 
if you want to develop humans and create a culture that will move on its own versus I was just talking to someone today who is part mm-hmm. of a pretty, I wouldn't say that is something that they have. And they yeah. quote, and this goes in quotes, they get stuff done and lots mm-hmm. of people leave. There's, you know, just such a turnaround with humans at that organization because they're looking to hire people who will do the job without ever needing to develop them, which requires giving and receiving feedback. Mm, so you good. can do it, but it might not be an environment that people want to stay <laughs> Yeah, for very long. I hear in there, at least Miller, what you're pointing out is like, it's part of the responsibility of leadership like responsibility to results, it's responsibility to like, to make things happen. And then what I hear in what you're saying, Jen, is like, and you can wield that responsibility in a bunch of different ways. And we see, at least in our own, the work that we do with our own clients, but also just models of like world-class cultures who have world-class results, like they pay very close attention to how feedback happens to like the very clear channels of feedback up and down the org chart so that more people have the more most accurate data so that they can make informed empowered choices and then not spending any energy thinking about i wonder if i'm doing a good job i wonder if Mm -hmm. that presentation went well like there's all their energy is using information and turning it into action and results We have some exciting news to share with you. But first, have you ever wondered what tools and techniques our coaches use to do what they do at Novus Global? Or maybe you've just wanted a one-stop resource for coaching that you can use with yourself and those you lead. Well, for the past several years, we've been working on a book that shows you how to do just that. It's 250 pages where we pull back the curtain to show you our method for helping leaders go beyond high performance. We packed this thing as full as we could with great tips, content, and stories from our clients and coaches on how they apply the tools we use every day in work and leadership. And while our book won't be out until this summer, we wanted to give you an opportunity to begin engaging with the material right now. To do that, go to novus.global backslash book where you can sign up to be a part of the Beyond High Performance Network, where we'll be handing out advanced copies and chapters from the book, doing free interactive webinars with our top clients and coaches and other free resources and surprises that I think you are going to love. So if you don't want to wait until the summer to get access to the book, if you're longing to be part of a network of leaders that all want to go beyond high performance, or if you simply want more free resources from our world to help you and your team, then head over to novus.global backslash book and sign up today. Joseph, you, something you said there that I think is really fascinating and that it would be fun to tease out some, you're talking about, I think you use the language of like downline and then upline. Is there a difference between how you would give feedback to someone who was, who reports to you? versus how you would coach someone to give feedback to someone that they report to who's their supervisor? Is there a, what's the nuance there? Man, what a great question. Can I speak to that? Yeah, please. Here's my first draft of an answer, which is I think there are more similarities than most people think. Meaning, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes I'll meet individuals who think, well, I can't give feedback to my boss simply because that's my boss <laughs> yes. um, for no other reason. There's a story there and that may be true, which that, so I don't want to say like, this is your uh, opportunity to go give unsolicited feedback to your boss right now. But I would say that there can be a lot more similarities than most people think. There are some obvious 
differences and dynamics. But I find that most companies lean towards, especially when there's not an intentionality around creating a culture or agreements around giving and receiving feedback across different levels. I find that people will lean towards just falling into certain stories around, well, I can't give feedback to my boss because they're my boss, or I can't give feedback because I'm new here. I've gotten that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've only been here at this company for three months. You know, there's some arbitrary stories that we often make up about our ability to give or receive feedback. And oftentimes in a culture that's intentionally cultivating this, you can easily downshift into, man, I really want to create a posture within myself where I'm actually in a space of advocacy for my boss. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that they would want this. So I'm going to, I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be open-handed about my feedback. I'm going to ask them if I can. And there are obviously, you know, in our trainings, we have multiple steps that we help people really hone their ability in doing that. And, um, but sometimes you can give sloppy feedback and it's still powerful. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to add on part of it also is sharing your vision. So if you're the direct report is saying, Hey, this is the type of relationship I'd like. Or like, I would love for you to give me feedback about what's my way. And I would also love to like help you grow if, and be like, I would love it if we had the transparency to where if I saw something that I thought you could, you know, improve on that I could share it and mm-hmm. that you'd want it. Is that something you want? And as soon as you find out whether that's true or not, whether they want it, like then, you know, a little bit of the time of day and then you can go at it. Yeah. Yeah. I recently had a client, you know, she was making up a lot of stories about her boss. And there was this kind of almost like a Byron Katie moment of, is that true? They like, they really like, that's really how your boss is. And I wanted her to feel how like absurd it would be if her boss really is that way. (laughs) There's a bigger problem than we've addressed so far. Right. It's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we start exploring it and then we get to something that that turns into like that nugget of where that story came from. And I asked her if she would be willing to give that feedback to her boss. And she just thought her boss would fly (laughs) off the handle. Mm -hmm. And again, she had all these stories about all the things her boss is going to do to her. And we got to commitment and she just really intentionally and intelligently offered that feedback to her boss and it deepened their relationship. Mm, yeah. None of the fears that she had, there was no retaliation. There was no, now again, there are people out there that will retaliate yeah. and there are, there, there's a way to be messy about this and there are messy people out there. This is again, what Jana was saying, this is not carte blanche, go give yeah. feedback. But I do think that this idea of we could be holding back very valuable feedback to give to somebody that either is an authority over us, someone that we love, someone that we're in relationship with, someone that we are serving through leadership. And we're holding it back because of this story that we're telling ourselves about how they must mm. react yeah. if we do it. That's good. And I, I've been surprised many times, and I believe you will as well, that fear is far bigger than what actually will take place. And typically, what we're finding is that feedback is welcomed and is a part of a redemptive story in a company yeah. or in a relationship. To add to what you just said, David, I think in within our firm, I was just so thrilled when we, at our retreat, we had an intentional hour or two, I forget how long, where we decided to walk through the steps of getting and receiving feedback. And we gave people an opportunity to break into groups 
and actually sit and practice the steps, the very same steps that we give to our clients and the, to companies and teams. And when we, I think it was a week or two later, when we debriefed about the experience of this retreat, and we had uh, so many things on that retreat. I mean, we had like a pub crawl, we had kayaking, we had games. Like, don't you're giving it away, food. Janet. You're giving away the <laughs> secret sauce of what it's like. Don't you don't need to tell people that there was good food. You know, we were in New Orleans. It was a blast, and so and hands fun. down, I was shocked when. So many people said their favorite moment of that whole retreat was when they got a chance to give and receive feedback. And they were just so thrilled. They said, I, we just loved that so much. Even I, who do, I do this for a living. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's interesting. That was the most life-giving part of the retreat. And it just speaks to the way in which we forget that allows people to be seen, to be heard, to be loved. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. And I would encourage and hope that people leave listening to this or learning more about feedback with that new perspective around it. Yeah, well said. This is kind of bringing this to a close. And I think just a few of the highlights are that feedback is data. And, and for us at Novus Global, we are so clear that feedback for us is a gift. And it's absolutely meant to be given through one of our core values, which is love. It is the idea is that when you are giving feedback, it's designed to be given with love in the spirit of love towards, towards what you think might be slowing another person down. And then also with receiving on that side of it, it's designed to be received with love as if somebody really cares about you and wants the best for you, whether they do or not, if you can even create that filter for yourself that, man, this person really cares about me enough to give me feedback and to be honest with me. And then our encouragement is, because we've seen this over and over in the firm, of like how much of a, a relationship bond honesty will give to both parties or multiple parties involved in the conversation. Um, those things really so love into that relationship when you trust that somebody will be honest with you. And so uh, with that, bring us to a close. So on behalf of Janet, David Miller, Joseph Thompson, and myself, David Gerber, we will see you next time. All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before you go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into the hands of as many leaders as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear about more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people that you care about. We drop new episodes every week. So subscribe and watch us continue to learn to create resources that serve you powerfully. Speaking of resources, we have a lot online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from hundreds of clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. To start that journey, simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this and maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are a coach and you want to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to 
www.mp.institute. That's www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. And we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you'd need to create a meta-performing coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. Head on over today. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones, the senior producer. We love working with these guys. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.